It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Berry. Join me as always, Grayson Weir. We are coming to you this Thursday morning, July 14th. We took Tuesday off. If we're being honest, because there's not really much to talk about, we are in the middle of the dead period. There's not much going on with Ole Miss recruiting right now. It is pretty quiet. And, um, yeah, we're going to talk some quarterbacks. We're going to talk a uh, very important wide receiver target that will be officially visiting during the season. Grayson, good morning. How are we doing? Good morning, Zach. We're doing well. Before we get started here, I do want to thank everybody for listening and bearing with us on the – kind of wonky schedule here over the last couple of weeks uh it may continue to be the case over the next couple of weeks as zach said there's just not all that much going on in the recruiting world but it's starting to pick back up we're less than 50 days away from the the start of the season week zero is on the horizon yeah how about very, that? very far away in the horizon but it's there you can smell it you can smell the fresh cusp grass you know we're it's almost time for football and and uh we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Um, I did mention, speaking of getting there, um, the very important target that will be officially visiting Ole Miss, September 27th, Lakeland on three consensus four-star receiver Tyler Williams. He recently trimmed his list down to – Four teams, Clemson, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. And he will be taking his fifth and final official visit September 27th to Oxford, Mississippi. He's the number 147 overall player in the on-three consensus, the 25th-ranked receiver, and the 30th-ranked player in Florida, which is just stupid and just shows how deep the state of Florida is in talent. But um, 
you brought him up in the uh, pre-show. Uh, we were doing some prep about wanting to discuss him. Uh, and I uh, actually did a trending or ending on him a couple weeks ago. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Tyler Williams, six, two and a half, 200 pound receiver. Um, Ole Miss has been recruiting him very, very, very heavy, uh, especially since uh, Dane Stevens came on the staff. Um, but I'll throw it to you to get your take on, on what you see out of Williams game. And then I'll give you, uh, give you my thoughts here. So first and foremost, and, and I say this with a grain of salt, because obviously we work in the industry, or at least in my case, kind of adjacent to the industry, uh, the amount of four-star and five-star players in this upcoming 2023 class is ridiculous. The, the amount of like the fact that the 54th ranked wide receiver in the upcoming class is a four-star speaks to not only the fact that these kids these days are remarkably talented, that, that certainly has a role in all of this, but also there is a little bit of inflation here. Um, a lot of these guys that are ranked as four stars in, in the top 50 of the, in this case, class of 2023 um, rankings may, may not be four star caliber. That is not the case with Tyler Williams. He is a solidified four star. Like you said, six, two and a half, six, three, 200 um, really talented guy who actually what I like the most about him is just that like, sure. He's a, he's looks a little taller um, when he's playing than he actually might be it. than he actually is. He's really tall. He's got a, he's got a pretty lean, long frame, um, long limbs can go up, make plays in traffic, you know, can go, can go get behind defenders on Friday nights. All that is great. Um, I actually just like his raw athleticism the most. He's also a legitimate D one basketball prospect. Um, if Tyler Williams wanted to go play college basketball somewhere, he absolutely could. Um, and likely at one of the top programs in division one, we're not talking mid major. We're talking one of the high majors. Tyler Williams could be there. He's a freak athlete. He's got stupid hops. He's got incredible uh, vision in, in terms of both the field and the court. I think those things directly correlate to one another. Um, being able to find the open man on the basketball court kind of attributes to finding an open space on the football field. Just a really good athlete, really talented guy who would be a fantastic addition, especially if Aiden Williams, like you and I both think, will end up at Ole Miss. The two of them together could be two really solid four-star receivers in this class of 2023. As you kind of look at the receiver room, and we've talked about this before, you do need to kind of start rebuilding and kind of getting those young guys in the system before over the next two years, we see a lot of turnover at that spot. Um, but yeah, Tyler Williams, crazy athlete and any guy from Lakeland, I know Travis, my buddy Travis is listening. He's from Lakeland. Lakeland dudes are dogs. These guys are absolute grinders. Um, they really are the epitome of Florida football. Um, just, Everybody in town shows out on Friday nights. They are the stars of their town. They go in, they want to ball out. They want to light dudes up. They want to light the field up. Um, just an absolute grinder. Great athlete. Tyler Williams would be a fantastic addition to this class. 
Yeah, for for giving uh, <clears throat> shout outs here, I do have a a good buddy I grew up playing baseball with that uh, is an alum of Lakeland High. I don't know if he listens to the show, but uh, shout out my boy Jordan Praise. Um, shout out, he's Lakeland. pretty, huh? Shout out to Lakeland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out Lakeland in general. Also, probably one of the better mascots, uh, the Dreadnoughts, just like an incredible mascot. Um, which, if I do a quick search on what a Dreadnought is, um, it is a uh, predominant type of battleship that was used in the early 20th century. Um, it says it had such an impact when it was launched in 1906 that similar battleships built after her referred were referred to as dreadnoughts. Um, so yeah, just a pretty sick uh, mascot there. But yeah, a uh, pretty uh, pretty established alumni group here. You've got a mod black who plays for the Bucks with the Florida um, the Pouncy Twins. Uh, Chris Sale uh, went there, pitcher for the Red Sox. Um, so, yeah, um, when I was talking to my buddy, and, and he knows a guy that's on staff there, and he was kind of giving me the rundown, a guy that hasn't played a ton of high school football. Um, he was first and foremost a basketball player. Um, and then I think that uh, once people kind of saw his ability on the football field, they were like, hey, man, like, you kind of found something here. You might want to focus on uh, playing football because of the skill set um, just a natural catcher of the football, high points at well. Obviously, with the basketball background, he can really get up and really jump. Um, but I was talking to a uh, source down in Florida about him, and just kind of asked, you know, you know, what's his game like? You know, who does he remind you of? And the name that they brought up was Drake London. Oh, interesting. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, yeah, that, that'll play. Um, so, uh, you know, that kind of comparison to be thrown out, which if you're not familiar with Drake London, um, drafted by the Falcons, played at Southern Cal, uh, the eighth overall pick in the 2022 draft. Um, 6'4", 219, um, was a monster at Southern Cal last season. 88 receptions. Over a thousand yards, seven touchdowns, just a, a freak on the outside, and and I think that that this is probably one of the more important targets for Ole Miss in this twenty three class. Um, I mentioned Dane Stevens, who when he was brought in, brought in on staff from Southern Cal, um, he's been on him hot and heavy. They they love this kid's game, um, and, and you know we've talked about the importance of Ole Miss utilizing getting them in on an official visit first. And I don't know if it was intentional to get the last official visit here, but I do think that is important. He's already taken officials to Clemson, Georgia, and A&M. And um, he has the one remaining uh, coming to um, Oxford September 2nd, not 27th, as I, as I previously said. Um, he will be in town, I believe that is week two. Uh, so he will be able to see a game, see the offense in action, and uh, be able to get an official visit to Oxford. I think right now, obviously his recruiting prediction machine is heavy towards Georgia. Um, I think they were the, the favorite. Um, he obviously really liked his visit there. Um, I believe if I remember correctly, either Jake Roos or one of the guys over at Georgia's on three sites said his mom had a good time. They like Kirby smart. They like the offense, but 
I do kind of have a sneaky suspicion that Ole Miss is in a good spot here. They got to lock things up. He's got a show for his official visit, and then they got to knock it out of the park, which they normally do. I think they've got a good shot. I mean, you look at the, the lineage that, that Ole Miss has to, to put out there of what they've had at receiver over the past couple of years. You've got, um, you know, last season, Dontario Drummond, Braylon Sanders, both guys that were banged up but still had great seasons. And then before that, Elijah Moore. And then obviously you've got the A.J. Browns, the D.K. Metcalfs, the Dante Moncriefs, the Laquan Treadwells, all those guys. So um, despite being very balanced and running the football well, being physical at the line of scrimmage, we know that Lane Kiffin and, and Charlie Weiss Jr. And, and John David Baker are going to be very friendly to the receivers as well. So it's not going to be this air raid, throw it around 55, 60 times a game, but you're still going to take deep shots and you're going to get receivers the ball in space to make plays. So I think they do have a legitimate shot to land Tyler Williams. They just got to get him on campus for that official. And then I think if they do that, I think they've got as good a chance as anyone to land him. Yeah, it's interesting. We have talked at nauseum about how Ole Miss has shifted their uh, focus to get a lot of the early visits. This is obviously the opposite of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to take your word here. I, I have not spoken to anyone with inside the program about Tyler Williams specifically. Um, I, I, I think if you are able to get him on campus during a game weekend, particularly during this exciting era where there will be a legitimate walk of champions for a 6 PM game against central Arkansas. Um, it's hard to, to imagine anyone not liking that. Um, I, I, right. you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if you can get them on campus, if you can show them a good time, what do you have to lose? And, and that's exactly yeah. what Ole Miss is doing here. Yeah. I think right now you, you mentioned Aiden Williams. Uh, I think Ole Miss is in a great spot there. Um, he's been very, I wouldn't say guarded. He just, he's a very savvy interviewer or interviewee. I should say he knows how to, you know, he gives the right answers about everybody. And for all we know, he could feel that way. He could just be torn and not really know what he wants to do. I still think Ole Miss ends up landing him. Um, they've prioritized him from day one. Derek Nix has been on him for a while. I think they uh, have a really good shot there. And then outside of Aiden Williams and, and, and Tyler Williams, I think the other names to know at receiver, uh, William Foles out of Miami, Ole Miss recently made uh, his top schools list. And then uh, Malik Elzey is another guy that's interesting that I think you need to know. I don't know where he stands in terms of what the pecking order is, but um, 6'3 receiver out of Chicago, uh, if they can get him on for an official visit, I think that uh, things could quickly change there. And then the guy that's it's not as highly rated as the others, but is certainly someone to know and pay attention to, Caden Lee out of Atlanta, Georgia. Staff loves him. He's a uh, shifty slot guy, um, probably tend to that mold of an Elijah Moore, kind of move them all over the place, can really create mismatches in the slot and, and get out in space and make plays. So they've got some, uh, some good receivers on their radar. And like you said, they got to start building up that room again. Uh, they did it via the portal, um, getting Jalen Robinson, Jordan Watkins in. But, yeah, they're going to start to – really prioritize some prep targets um, as uh, the summer draws to a close and get into fall camp. So um, 
lots and lots and lots of uh, receiver talk coming uh, down the stretch here. So we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into some more recruiting, talk a little bit transfer portal, a little quarterbacks, and, uh, you know, kind of the importance of the portal for a lot of teams at the quarterback position. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. Weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. The show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoysia fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Gray, Grayson, we're with you. All right, Grayson, I sent you... uh, this tweet that went out, um, I believe it was yesterday, maybe the day before, um, on three tweeted out, nearly 45% of the FBS starting quarterbacks in 2022 are expected to be transfers. Uh, so obviously some of the heavy hitters, you've got uh, Keaton Slovis going over to Pitt, uh, Phil Jerkovich going over to Boston College, that's in the ACC. Um, looking at the Big Ten, you've got Connor Basilak from Missouri going over to Indiana. Ryan Holinsky from South Carolina that's at Northwestern now. In the Big 12, you've got Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma, Quinn Ewers at Texas, uh, JT Daniels. Can't forget about JT Daniels. He went over to West Virginia. Um, and then out in the Pac-12, you've got Bo Nix at Oregon, Caleb Williams at Southern Cal, uh, Cam Ward at Washington State. And in the SEC, Huge list. Zach Calzada at Auburn. Jaden Daniels at LSU. Jackson Dart at Ole Miss. Spencer Rattler, South Carolina. Max Johnson at Texas A&M. Um, we're going to obviously talk Dart and Altmeyer here because this is an Ole Miss show. Um, nothing was really solved or there wasn't anything, you know, sweeping 
you know, revelations from spring ball because I do think Kiffin wanted to see both guys working with the ones and, and seeing what they provided because, look, Altmaier, he's been in the system. He knows the offense. He's very comfortable. Dart was, you know, kind of scrambling there, only been on campus a couple months and then got into spring ball. But neither guy really solidified themselves. And, and I don't think there was ever going to be a moment where Kiffin and, and Weiss and, and Baker were going to just announce a starter. They're going to wait and yeah. let it all play out in fall camp and <clears throat> get the full roster in and give them an actual shot. Uh, I think it was, it was a little – I know people love spring games and they love to make all these, you know, analysis of, of what happened and, and all of that. But, look, it, Altmaier was playing with the ones. Dart was not. It was very – obvious early on in the spring game dart was trying to win every single rep was trying to make every single 50 yard pass for a touchdown once he settled down he was much better in the second half altmeyer was a little pedestrian checked down a lot still didn't complete a high percentage of his passes though um but yeah i, I think this is going to be i mean it it is going to be the headline for, for fall camp. I mean, this is the big story. Who is going to be quarterback for Ole Miss? I, I still don't know if they're going to know who their number one guy is heading into the first game. I don't know if they're going to run a two-quarterback system for the first couple of weeks with the non-conference slate being pretty light. But, look, I, I think I still say that Dart gives them the higher ceiling. Um, you know, Altmaier is probably the higher floor, but I think that Dart's skill set fits a little bit better to what Kiffin likes to do. Plays a little bit more like Corral with being able to run. Uh, we've talked a lot about how he's a very, very, very sneaky good runner. Uh, he didn't have to do it a lot at Southern Cal. And then we've obviously talked about how he did it a lot in high school and was very good at it. Um, we know how effective Corral was running the football last year. So this is uh, the storyline heading into fall camp. And, and, and I'm excited to see kind of what happens. Because, look, I mean, it's kind of a – however you look at it, I mean, either way, it's, it, it's, a, it's a good spot to be because it's two good, talented quarterbacks that offer you something different. For sure. I, I think Lane Kiffin, and we've seen this already kind of a little – at least a little bit with Matt Corral and, and – John Rice Plumley, Kiffin's of the mindset that the, the age-old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Um, and I think that will continue to be the case this fall. But just like Kiffin did with JRP and Matt Corral in that first year, he gave them, I mean, he named Corral the starter and made it very clear that Corral was his guy, but gave JRP every opportunity in the early couple of weeks to, to get in there and make some plays. He ultimately didn't really end up doing so. And Corral ended up being in my, what should have been a first round draft pick. He's better than Kenny Pickett. And I, I think most Ole Miss fans, even bias aside, would agree with that. Um, in this case, it's very different. There isn't necessarily a clear cut number one guy. Um, Altmeyer and Dart are both very good. You and I have said it at nauseum, so I won't get into it again. I personally would be shocked if um, Dart is not named the starter come 
week five against Kentucky at the latest. Uh, but I do think you've got Troy and Central Arkansas off the top. At the very least, in an ideal world, you know, if everything goes according to plan, you get out to a pretty comfortable lead against both of those teams. So even if you do name a starter, let's say, okay, Altmeyer is the guy week one. Altmeyer goes in, gives Ole Miss a 28-0 lead at halftime. Go to Dart in the second half. Flip the script. Central Arkansas. Dart's the starter. Dart gets out to a 35-0 lead. You know, obviously knock on wood here, but Dart gets out to a 35-0 lead after three, three quarters. Give the ball to Artmeyer for the fourth. Give them both a chance to, to get in there and play a little bit. Um, but I do think that Kiffin being Kiffin will name a definitive number one guy on the depth chart. I don't think he will list the two of them together, but I think he'll do what he did with Corral and JRP where Dart or Artmeyer in, in the case of Corral and JRP, Corral is the starter. He is the definitive number one on the depth chart. But then the second guy still has an opportunity to come in and win that job by playing lights out in one of the first two weeks. Or if the QB one struggles, then QB two has a real shot to take over that position by the time I'm of the opinion, you need to have a definitive starter, obviously by conference play against Kentucky on October 1st, but I think you need to have one done after the first two weeks. It needs to be definitive set and zone and what you're doing for the rest of the season Unless things just go absolutely south, you need to have a guy clear cut quarterback mm. starting Dart or Altmeyer come week three against at Georgia Tech. I think that game, uh, people are sleeping on it a little bit. I think it's a little bit of a trap game. Um, I think Georgia Tech will be not good this year. Um, or not great this year, but I think they'll be good enough to where you can't overlook that game. You can't go in there with two quarterbacks, not knowing what you're doing. I think Kiffin knows that. I think the staff knows that. I don't think it'll be an issue. But I'm of the opinion you've got two weeks to play with. I mean, uh, unless everything goes terribly wrong against Kings, it could because Ole Miss is Ole Miss, but I don't see that being the case. Um, So that gives you kind of two weeks to play with where, again, at the very least, you throw in – one or the other during quote-unquote garbage time and give them a chance to play. But to circle this all back to the original stat here with 58 of 131 projected quarterbacks in the FBS being transfers, um, absolutely insane number. Obviously, Ole Miss is a part of that. I'm curious to see over the course of the next couple of years, now that the COVID year of eligibility has kind of been eliminated in most instances. I'm curious to see if that number continues to dwindle or if this is now just the reality where every year we will have more than half of the projected starting quarterbacks in the FBS being transfers. Uh, Really interesting trend. Ole Miss, obviously a part of that. Um, And then the last thing I'll say here before we close up this, this fairly short off season episode, um, both Altmeyer and Dart are operating as quarterback one. They're both getting along really well in a social setting. They're, they're friends, they're buddies, they're supporting each other. They're both having their meals. I saw something on Instagram, which is what I'm basing this off of. 
the offensive line went out to eat the other day. Both Altmeyer and Dart were there. I love that. Um, I didn't expect anything less, but you love to see when you've got two guys who are battling for a starting job, able to get along, able to support each other, able to back each other up, able to hype each other up. And then now Kiffin's only challenge, um, really Kiffin, Weiss, and the rest of the offensive staff's only challenge is going to be to try to keep whomever doesn't end up being the starting quarterback this fall on campus because you want to keep that quarterback room as Dart and Altmeyer at least for this fall until you get a guy like Marcel Reed there to back up whomever is named the quarterback one. Um, obviously, you want to give Altmeyer or Dart whomever. Well, Dart really can't transfer again. He can, but he'd have to sit out a year. But you want to give Altmeyer the chance to go find an opportunity and get the best, best put himself in the best position to ex- succeed. Um, but ideally, you keep him on campus this fall, and you've got both guys ready to work in case of an injury, God forbid, or in case of a Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams situation where the one guy just doesn't get it done early in the season. And you got to go to the bench uh, after falling behind 28, nothing to, I don't know. I don't know. Let's say Vanderbilt in week eight or week six or whatever. Um, you got to pull the ripcord and having Altmeyer or dart, whomever ends up being the backup still on the roster is going to be very important. So that is the biggest storyline to watch. That is kind of the, the biggest thing to talk about here during the off season, um, it will be really interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, and last thing here before we take our final break and close up this episode, I do want to point out if you do want to play the game of drawing parallels from from other past Ole Miss teams that had a transfer quarterback come in and compete with a guy that had been there. Um, and look, we do it on the show all the time. We're talking out of both sides of our mouth here. Spring games don't mean anything, but yep. In the 2015 spring game, Chad Kelly was also pretty mediocre. He was nine for 19 for 104 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, Devontae Kincaid was nine of 18, and Ryan Buchanan was five of 16 in that game. So a spring game is just a practice. It's not something to look at and say, oh, well, you know, Dart's not ready. He can't do it in the SEC. Or, you know, you can't, you know, flip it around and say, well, you know, Altmaier was clearly better. They both struggled in their own way. The competition is going to go all the way through August into September, probably into the season. Um, but, but yeah, so exciting to have a quarterback competition. I, I, I don't know if people love it or hate it. I think it's great. I, I think it's, it's going to – all the cliches of, you know, the competition is going to bring out the best in everybody. I mean, I think that's all true. But, um, all right, we're going to take our final break and then um, get into uh, some – current and future quarterback prospects and talk a little bit about um, Marcel Reed and then a uh, probably arguably the most important 2023 prospect. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting-edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options, and they're monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis' leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, 
and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. If you're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home, call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. And we are back here on Not Committed, closing up things on this Thursday episode. Grayson, you mentioned Marcel Reed just released a new content piece for a series that we are going to have this summer 
called Target Practice. We're going to get into the 2023 high school prospects that Ole Miss is prioritizing moving forward. First off, we start at the quarterback position. Not a lot of prospects to get into because Ole Miss has their 2023 quarterback, Marcel Reed, the uh, Nashville recruit at Montgomery Bell Academy. Talked a good bit about him in the piece. You can see that over at omspirit.com, part of on3.com. Um, I don't think – I think maybe briefly they were thinking about taking two, but we just talked a good bit in the last segment about Luke Altmyer and Jackson Dart. I think that you're either going to have both or one of those guys on the team in 2023. So I don't think they need to sign two quarterbacks in this class. Um, now the staff has been very active in the portal. Maybe they go and try to get one after the season. I don't think so. Um, and then I think that they're in a really good spot in 2024 with Walker White, who we've talked about plenty on this show. Um, I think that that is their number one guy for 2024. And I think right now they are in the lead in a big way. Um, but looking Ahead in this 2023 class, I do want to I do want to discuss this because it's a topic on the message board. It's been a topic for the last week or so. Sunterian Perkins, the linebacker out of Raleigh, Mississippi. Um, I know Sam Spiegelman and uh, Joseph Hastings have put in flip predictions for Perkins to flip to Alabama, and I kind of wanted to to talk through this. I don't know how much you've looked into this or heard about it. Um, a lot has been made that, oh, well, Nick Saban has just outworked Lane Kiffin on this one. Um, Lane Kiffin is, is being lazy. He's too busy taking pictures of his dog or getting new shoes or going fishing. I honestly don't think that's the case here. I think this is legitimately a – I mean, look, Perkins has been very upfront about how Alabama's his dream school. He has said that. He's tweeted it. He's told me. He was very excited when he got the offer from Nick Saban, um, and he's still committed to Ole Miss right now. Um, now, he could very well flip while we're recording the show or before this show airs. Um, but I don't think this is a case of Lane Kiffin just sleepwalking through this and not trying to keep Perkins in his commitment, um, in the commit column, I should say. I, I think this is just a case of a kid that really likes and respects Alabama. He likes Nick Saban. Pete Golding, obviously – a Mississippi guy who's recruiting him to Alabama. I mean, Ole Miss is still recruiting him. And, you know, Suntarian has told me several times on numerous occasions that Lane Kiffin is personally recruiting him, and he talks to Lane Kiffin. I don't think this is a case of getting outworked. I think this is just Alabama being Alabama, and the kid might just want to see what all the fuss is about and, and, and see what Alabama has to offer him. He's not signing today. He's not signing tomorrow. He's not signing next week. He's going to go all the way through. I don't know if he's an early enrollee or if he's going to be signing in February. I still think Ole Miss is, is very much in it. If He hasn't even flipped yet. So you can talk and talk and talk about he's going to flip, he's going to flip, but he still hasn't done it. Not saying he won't, but I still don't think this is – people love to do the narrative of, you know, well, well Kiffin's just more concerned about fishing or – all he cares about is the portal. He's not recruiting any high school guys. That, that's not the case. I've talked to several prospects, whether they're commits now or they're recruiting them to be commits, that talk about Lane Kiffin. 
talking to them, texting them, calling them, talking in person. I know that Kiffin is a guy that is, is, is a little different, maybe a little more eccentric than some head coaches. He's not so in your face about recruiting nonstop at the high school level, but this long monologue here is just me putting it out there that I don't think this is Lane Kiffin being lazy or not getting it done. I think this is just Nick Saban being very good at what he does and Alabama being very good at what they do on the recruiting trail. Yep. Couldn't have said it any better myself. I mean, Perkins may flip and kind of the more I, I sit back and look at it from the 30,000 foot view, I think it's a, a very realistic possibility that it could be coming sooner than later. Um, I, I don't think Ole Miss is out of it, but I do think that Perkins wants to play for Alabama. And like you said, there are people out there, oh, he's on his boat in Boca. He's jet skiing with Matt Corral. And, oh, he's swimming with his dog. None of that has anything to do with Suntarian Perkins' commitment and his decision on where to play college football. If you think that Lane Kiffin going out on his boat is causing Perkins to look at Alabama and say, oh, actually, they want me more, that's incorrect. Perkins loves the idea of playing at Alabama. He loves the idea of playing for Nick Saban. He could probably... I mean, I, I think at both schools, he'll turn into a legitimate NFL prospect. Um, it has nothing to do with how Lane Kiffin is handling his recruitment. Sure, he doesn't maybe place as much emphasis on the high school level as he does the transfer portal, at least through his first two years. That's all fine and dandy. But it doesn't mean that he's not recruiting these high school kids. And even John T. Cook came out and said so. He said... Obviously, he's not coming to Ole Miss. He's going to Texas. But he came out and took an official visit to Ole Miss despite being all but committed to Texas because Lane Kiffin literally would not leave him alone. And he liked that. So to say that Sontarian Perkins is going to flip because Lane Kiffin doesn't care, get out of here. That's a bad take. You're wrong. Lane Kiffin cares as much as anybody else in the country about recruiting because if he doesn't, he will not land young recruits who can then blossom into prominent role or starter down the road. So it's not in his best interest not to care. So why would he do something against his best interest? It's silly to say otherwise. And Perkins is a great example of just Alabama being Alabama. And look, and look, this is where things aren't mutually exclusive. Like both can be true. It can it can suck to lose a commitment from a guy like that. But it can also be true that, hey, Alabama just, just got it. Yep. Like, it's, it's, it's Alabama. It's Nick Saban, the, the greatest college football coach of all time. It's a program that has proven time and time and time and time and time again that they can recruit at a high level and they can put guys into the NFL. It's hard to recruit against Alabama. Ole Miss has done it in the past. Jerry and Ely had an Alabama offer. Benito Jones had an Alabama offer. A.J. Brown had an Alabama offer. Pretty sure D.K. Metcalf had one. I mean, they've it, – maybe it's not a one-versus-two, toe-to-toe battle for five months type recruitment, but 
they've been able to get guys that, that Nick Saban wanted. I mean, look, it, it's not it, it's it's not something that's that's very well hidden. But I mean, it's it's a very strong rumor, and the story is that the bag that was dropped to AJ Brown the night before signing day could have very well been from Alabama, and he still said no. I think I believe he he went into that on on busting with the boys. Um, shout out to to Compton and Lawan there. I believe that was the story he was alluding to on that show. But but look, I mean, it's both things can be true. It can it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. There is no definitive, concrete answer in recruiting. It's always – things are always in flux. Things are always moving. It, it's something that is is going to – and look, if he flips, it doesn't end there. It's not like Lane Kiffin's just going to say, well, shit, we lost him. Let's move on. No, they're going to still recruit him. And, I mean, you look at – if you go to Sunterian Perkins' profile – in the on three database, I mean, he's been to Oxford at least reported he's been there seven times since last fall, probably more than that, because the guy is constantly driving up to Oxford to hang out with recruits, driving yeah, up to hang out in Oxford. Like it's and two very prominent Raleigh High School alum also went to Ole Miss, Dante Moncrief, Woodrow Hamilton. I don't think it's too far-fetched to, to think that either both or at least one of them have been talking to him about possibly going to play at Ole Miss. And, and again, like, Parkins has done both. He said that Alabama was his dream school and he would love to play there, but he also talks about how he loves the staff at Ole Miss and he loves Lane Kiffin and he, you know, he's committed to Ole Miss. He could be, you know, he could just decommit and reopen and just be like, all right, I'm back on the market, everybody. Like, I want to hear your pitch. Like, no. This is just a Nick Saban versus Lane Kiffin battle. It's two coaches that are very good at their job, and it's a teenager that is going to have a hard time telling people no. I mean, that's what recruiting is. Uh, several prospects say that every single cycle about how hard it is to tell people that have been recruiting you for a year, year and a half, no, I'm not coming to play for you. So I know that it's people want to freak out and, you know, I mean, Kiffin's the guy you blame. He's the head coach. He's in charge. If things don't go well, it falls on him. But at the same time, this isn't some, well, he just doesn't give a shit. He's too busy, you know, making shoes on Nike ID or hanging out with his kids. Like, he's not recruiting. No, like, it's just Alabama versus Ole Miss for a very highly rated prospect that's the number one player in Mississippi. So, it gets people. It, it gets people's gears in a grind when the number one player in Mississippi may not come to play for Ole Miss. So, just wanted to get that out there. Everybody, take a deep breath. It's gonna be fine. No big deal. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think I could have said it any better myself. Obviously, losing Perkins. If I mean, at this point, it feels like a when, but if. It happens. It sucks, but it's recruiting. You take your lumps and you understand that it's not like he's flipping to, I don't know, Missouri or freaking Iowa or something like that. He's flipping to Alabama. Can you blame yeah. him? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I can understand if people are griping if you lose a guy to Arkansas. Yeah. Or, you, you know, you lose a guy to, I don't know. Who's another school? I, I'm trying to think of, you know. Vanderbilt. A, yeah, I mean, like losing somebody to A&M. You can kind of put two and two together there. Um, it, I think it just it hits different for people because he's a Mississippi prospect. For sure. And I, and I understand. And it sucks. That. Because he's yeah, very good. I understand that 100%. But, again, he's still committed to Ole Miss. He has yet to flip. Now, he could do it and just ruin this whole segment. He could do it this afternoon. But, again, it, it's not going to stop there. It's not going to end. Everybody's going to continue. Not just Ole Miss. Georgia's going to continue to recruit him. LSU's going to continue to recruit him. Texas is going to – everybody's going to keep going. But, at the end of the day, he's still in the commit column. And – even if he does flip to Alabama, just everybody take a deep breath. It's going to be fine. So, all right. That's going to do it for this Thursday edition of Not Committed. We plan on being back next Tuesday. Um, should be good next Thursday. In flux. Got some travel on the schedule. We will address it. We will get you a show at least once next week. But, Thank you to Grayson for joining, being flexible this week. Thank you to you for tuning in. As always, thank you to the sponsors that make the show possible. Remember, like, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, stay locked in at omspirit.com, part of on3.com. Got the message board going. Daily threads up. Lots and lots of recruiting. We've got some baseball transfer portal things going. And uh, the MLB draft is coming up as well. So for Grayson over there, I'm Zach. This has been Not Committed. We out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.